Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast today. I'm super excited that you are here because I am talking all about the best tips and tricks to save on your grocery budget. Amongst all the inflation that's going on, there is just so much to get into. And I've been really excited to record this podcast episode for you guys. But I also wanted to really make sure that these tips worked and I honed them in and I was able to stick to my grocery budget, which has been a struggle for me uh, in recent times, as I'm sure for most of you as well. In fact, I asked on my Instagram and 100% we're all living the same life. And so today I'm going to give you the best tips that have worked for me and my family to keep us on budget. Um, And I'm also going to touch on some of the best tips that you guys sent in as well um, that I'm not going to cover. So make sure to stay to the end uh, for that as well. But this episode might feel a little bit like you're drinking from a fire hose. So I'm going to go through and it's essentially just like a huge bullet pointed list of things that you could do to help with your budget. That being said, I expect no one, and I mean no one, to take this list and write it all down and follow every single tip and strategy and idea, okay? That is going to be way too overwhelming. So although I would love for you to listen, share this episode, save it, take notes, all of the things, what I really want you to get out of it is that we are in more control than we think we are. And you can listen to this podcast episode as many times as you need to and take one or two or maybe three tips at a time, implement them well, start feeling good about putting that into your habits, and then you can come back for more. Do not get overwhelmed. (laughs) Overwhelm is like the exact recipe for quitting, right? And just going, throwing in the towel. I'm never going to stick to my budget. Forget it, right? And so I don't want you to get overwhelmed. I want you to be inspired and empowered with these tips. I also want to recognize that everyone's going to be different listening into this episode. My life is significantly different than my neighbors, right? Where I prioritize my money, what I what I spend my money on, how much I spend on groceries or what I care about with when it comes to groceries, what I have time for, what I don't, right? We're all working different number of hours outside the house, inside the house, watching our kids, how many kids we have, what needs they have. All of these things are going to affect of how realistic these tips are for you to incorporate in your life. So do not feel bad if I say a tip that's been working for us that you're like, I don't have the capacity for that right now. (laughs) Write it off. That's okay. You're likely doing something in your life that I don't have the capacity for because it's all trade-offs, right? Our time is valuable. No matter what we spend doing with it, our time is valuable. But every time you're doing one thing, that means you're not doing another, and that is okay. So I just want you to hold on to that as we go through the tips from today. And I'm telling you, I covered a lot. So let's get into it. But again, reminder here, you do not have to take all this advice and start practicing it like today or this week. Do one at a time, what's manageable, don't bite off more than we can chew, all right? Now I'm going to start off with the most boring ones, okay? The ones you've probably heard a hundred times, but they bear repeating. I almost didn't even include them because I know that we all know them, but most of us 
aren't doing it. At least that's my story. I wasn't doing a great job of just these few tips that are so repeated that really do save us money. And the first one is using coupons. Now, please, please, please do not X out. Do not quit this episode. There is more to come, but it really is important to touch on this one because it can be really helpful. I am one that has never couponed. I'm bad at couponing for anything. You can give me a $10 off coupon and I will forget it at home. It will be at the bottom of my van. I won't find it. I'll forget about it. I'll throw it away in the trash because it's just clutter to me. And I realize how crazy that is, but I would find that couponing made me so stressed that it wasn't worth it. However, I've slowly started incorporating ways to find coupons that work for me. So my local grocery store uh, owned by Kroger is King Supers, and they have an app. And on their app, they have a digital coupons area. So I just started there. And I went the digital coupon route, which was super easy to download to literally my like loyalty card. And that was it. And I went through and clipped like 50 of them, not knowing if any of those actually would get on my list. But hey, they're there. If I happen to buy them, I will get the coupon redeemed. And that was how I first started out. Now I'm a little bit more intentional. I find a coupon of something that we actually need. That is key. We're not just couponing to couponing people, okay? We're not buying 50 Tide detergents because they're on sale when we don't even use Tide, all right? We are only clipping coupons for foods that we actually eat, we actually like, we enjoy, we would spend our money on anyways. That is key for couponing. So now I'm a little bit more intentional and then I'll actually put it on my list, put it in my cart, redeem the coupon, all those sorts of things. But it started slow. Now what's really cool is our grocery store also sends us mailers that I used to immediately trash. But when my husband so uh, lovingly opened them the other day, I realized that they have coupons that are tailored to me and what I buy. Because I'm a loyalty member, they know what I buy every week or every other week. And so I had about 10 coupons that were worth at least $2 or more each in products. In fact, even one of them was for a completely free product that we buy relatively frequently. And it saved me six bucks by just grabbing that coupon, that paper coupon and turning it in when I grocery shop or when I picked up my groceries rather. So this is relatively new to me. I am not a couponer. And this is the only time you'll ever hear me put on my soapbox. So we'll move on from that one. But couponing has started to help our family alleviate. Even just a few dollars here and there can make a really big difference. Okay, two more that I know you've heard before that we're just going to kind of breeze past is to, of course, shop the sales. Pay attention to what's on sale in your store. Now, a little bit deeper than that is not only do I want you to shop the sales, I want you to know what a good sale is. This is really about being aware and informed about what a good price is. I remember I used to look at the mailer and if it said $1.99 for grapes per pound and it was in yellow, I assumed that was on sale. And so that means it's a good price. That is not true, ladies and gentlemen. They trick you with that little yellow sticker. They tell you it's on sale, but it's only saving you nine, 10 cents. Or maybe it is on sale, but it's not the best sale that they run. So maybe it's not worth it. In fact, I can find grapes in my area for 99 cents a pound most times of the year. And so that's actually not a good price. That's double what I would pay than when it's on sale. So I'll skip grapes this week and pull something else. So shopping those sales, but also knowing your numbers. And I know it can feel really overwhelming. So I would highly recommend starting with memorizing some of these things or writing them down in your notebook or your phone of what a good sale price is. Uh, a few items at a time, like things, staples that you buy all the time, eggs, meat, cheese, 
grapes, <laughs> produce, things that you buy all the time, and just start jotting down what the sale price is this week. And then as you get better and better, you're going to tune into those numbers and know what is a good price and what is not a good price over time. This takes time, okay? And the last one that we're going to breeze through as well, although I have not been breezing at all, so I better pick it up, is to shop in season. If you haven't heard this before, foods, especially fresh foods, come in and out of season throughout the year, and their prices are going to reflect that. If you try to buy asparagus when asparagus is not in season, you're paying a lot for shipping, shipping and handling from across the world and or other equipment that they might need in order to grow asparagus in the middle of winter. Okay, so we want to make sure that we are shopping in season the best that we can. Okay, next up, and I realize I probably should have started here is to make a budget. <laughs> if you're not already doing this, then it's really hard to know if you're going over budget. No matter how much money you have in the bank, how much money you have in savings and investments, you should be controlling how much you're spending in different areas of your life, but certainly groceries. So maybe you're here just feeling like, oh, I just know I'm spending a lot, but you don't really know how much or you don't know how much more you're spending than where you would be comfortably normally. So you really need to come up with a budget. The best way to do this is look at your last three months. What did you spend on groceries and take the average or a middle ground? If that feels really off base for you, really high or really low, then you can adjust, of course, to what you think is doable. Start off a little higher if you can afford it, and then over time, maybe cut your budget by $10, $15 a month, $20 a month over time until you get to a place that feels really good and realistic and doable. Okay. Now, if you need a little help with this, there's a formula that I've seen out there before about a about 100 to 150 per person in your family per month. And you can kind of start there as a general guideline. Now that doesn't work for everyone. Everyone lives in a different area of um, the world and food costs are wildly different depending on where you live, your access and all of those things affect how much you need to spend on food. So just keeping that in mind. So of course, starting with a budget is a great place to start. And I want you to be really realistic. No one's going to feel good if you set your budget for five $500 a month and you're always hitting six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month, that's going to feel really hard to like essentially cut hundreds of dollars off your grocery, grocery budget. It's so much easier to take small steps in the right direction. Okay, the next place to start that I also feel like people are going to like throw things at me when I tell you to do this is to meal plan. Meal plan and try your hardest to stick to it. I know so many of us hate meal planning, but it saves us an incredible amount of money. I know I never used to do this, but I'd always be running out to the store for last minute ingredient or throwing it all away or like not even trying to cook because I forgot to take the meat out of the freezer or I don't even know what to make. And now all of a sudden it's six o'clock and I'm hungry. The kids are hungry and we might as well just go to Chick-fil-A, right? Like that's such an easier decision, but it costs us way more money. Plus, not to mention if you do, you know, choose not to cook the food that you had planned or had bought and you don't make a plan for that food, it goes to waste. So not only are you spending money on it, but you're also wasting it. And then you're going out to eat to fill in that gap or fill in that void. 
and you're spending like double or triple the amount of money than you would when you meal plan. So I know it's not glamorous, it's nothing fancy, and it certainly doesn't have to be. I do have a podcast episode on the feed here on how we meal plan as a family. I give you excellent tips and tricks over the last 12 years of me perfecting my own system. And so you can go back and listen to that episode. It's super helpful. But of course, one of the best and easiest tips to start meal planning is to shop your fridge, freezer, and pantry first. See what you have on hand. If you already have three out of the five ingredients for your famous chicken enchiladas, then it becomes a no-brainer to serve that tonight or Monday night for dinner instead of trying to come up with a brand new recipe from Pinterest and having to get all new ingredients, use what you have. Which really leads me to my next step is to utilize your freezer. You guys, I'm actually still not great at this, but I am getting better and realizing the benefit of having easy, quick, accessible food in the freezer, like cooked shredded chicken that doesn't have a ton of flavoring added to it that I can just mix in with a jar of salsa and make it, you know, flavorful again, or some cooked up ground beef that I can throw together with some refried beans to make some tacos real fast. Making sure that you have something in your freezer, but also a plan to use it. This was my problem is I was a stuffer. I just put things in my freezer, but I never had a plan to take it back out. And so now I plan days where I pull food out of my freezer. Plus it saves me in a pinch. And because I'm in the habit of grabbing things from the freezer, it makes it that much easier to go to my freezer before we decide to just go and eat out. I also remember the times where I wanted to clean out our freezer and the pain that it would bring me to throw things away that had gone bad in that freezer. Ugh, I will never get over that. And so food waste in general for me, not my favorite thing. In fact, I hate food waste. And I've been really getting honest with myself about what foods I've wasted, when I'm wasting food, how can I avoid it the next time? And honestly, you know, of course, cut yourself some slack, give yourself some grace. You are feeding a lot of people, especially if you are the primary feeder of the family. That is a lot of work. And so do not beat yourself up. But at the same time, I like to use a little bit of that pain to get me some clarity on how I can waste less food next week or next month or throughout our lifetime. So using or rather wasting less is a big motivator for me. So one of the best things we can do around this is to get honest about what you're using and what you're wasting. So a lot of times we like and we feel comforted when we open up our pantry and we open up our fridge and our freezer and it is chock full of food. It feels good, right? It feels safe, especially living through this pandemic and realizing that it's a lot harder to get to the grocery store or get the products you need or the food that you like, especially if you have a picky eater at home or someone who only eats a handful of foods. It can feel really stressful not to have those foods on hand. And I'm not saying not to stock up on the essentials, but keeping less inventory in your home actually opens up so much more accessibility to cooking. It is way less overwhelming even though it may not feel comfortable at first to open up your fridge and be able to see everything you have, be able to organize it in a way that you know what you have, where it's at, when it's going to expire and how you can use it this week instead of a fridge so full that stuff gets pushed to the back and ends up going gross at the end of the day or the end of the week, right? And so actually being honest about what you're using, how much you're using and how much you actually need to buy, 
I would say that since I got really serious with myself, I probably buy 20 to 25% less produce than I had in the past because a lot of it was going to waste. And I felt like a superstar any week that we actually finished what we bought. And that shouldn't be the minority of the time, right? That should be the majority of the time that we're finishing all the food that we eat. Um, it should be the rule, not the exception. And so what I was really realizing is I was over buying produce and we couldn't eat it fast enough, which leads me to my next tip of buying foods that go bad in different amounts of time. Now stay with me here because this was a total mindset shift for me, but instead of buying a ton of berries this week or a ton of apples, I realized I really needed a mix. I need about 20% of food that needs to be eaten in the next three to four days and 20% of food that takes, you know, five or six days to go bad and 20% of my food that takes longer than that, two weeks to go bad. And then 20% of my food that takes a month to go bad, right? So we need different varying levels of perishable foods, if you will, so that you have food to last you all month and carry over week to week instead of food that is all going to go bad like today or in the, within the next three days, that's a lot of pressure to eat it right now before it goes bad and or do something with it. Like all of a sudden I have to make banana bread because my bananas are going bad and I have to make apple pie because my apples are going bad and I have to make potatoes for dinner tonight because my potatoes are getting squishy or whatever it might be. It actually opens me up to have a more flowy meal plan and lifestyle throughout the month where I'm selectively or continuously using foods that are going bad at different intervals. I, I hope that makes sense. But when I figured that out, it helped me so much. Okay, so we talked about keeping less inventory. I also want to touch on getting organized. So you do know what you have, how much of it you have. When you need something, there's like a very clear empty spot in your fridge or your pantry that reminds you, hey, put this on the list. You need more pasta because this is where your pasta goes and it's empty, right? And so getting organized about where things goes can feel really overwhelming at first. But first, just do a general organization. Like here's where the drinks go. Here's where the condiments go. Here's where the pasta goes. Here's where the canned goods go. You know, here's where the salsa goes. Here's where the dairy products go. Here's where leftovers go. All those sorts of things in your fridge. You'll start to find a rhythm that works for you. Then try labeling it. And listen, if you're not a labeler and you're like, listen, Alyssa, I'm not into this. I feel you. But labeling your places actually tells your brain to organize it for you. And it becomes so much easier to identify what's running low, where things go, and it helps your family put things away where you want them to put it away as well. And you guys can all start working as a team. And because you know what you have, you're no longer buying duplicates when you don't need duplicates and you're no longer running to the store last minute, probably impulse buying or overspending and not buying things on sale when you need them for the dinner that you had planned tonight just to find out that you don't have any beans in uh, the free or in your pantry when you're making a three bean chili, right? And so this is important to have that organization, which really leads me to one of my favorite tips with cutting down on food waste and using the food that we have is my need to use bin. Now, if you have not listened to my podcast episode, it was a bonus episode uh, right after I was on Good Morning America talking about this hack. It is called my need to use bin and the podcast goes into depth on this. And essentially, it's just a bin that you keep in your fridge that you don't necessarily put leftovers, although you can put those in there if you want, but you put food that are that's going to go bad. Like I need to use this up like 
next. Like the next time I grab a snack or whatever I'm making for dinner tonight, this has to be on it or in it or on the side because it's going to go bad otherwise. Like that half an avocado that you ate last night or this morning for breakfast or uh, end of like the fourth of a jar of salsa that you opened two weeks ago. Like you need to start eating this or the... um open container of Greek yogurt. You bought the bigger one because it was cheaper than the individual packaged ones, which of course is another tip to buy the bulk items. But you have, you know, half of that left and you need to make sure you start using it for snacks. Otherwise it's going to go bad. That stuff goes in your need to use bin and you train yourself to look there first. When you're planning what's for meals that week, when you're choosing a snack, when you're packing your kids lunchbox, you look in that need to use bin first And that really cuts down on your wasted food, therefore saving you money. All right, you guys, I know this episode is going a little bit longer than my normal ones. So if you need to go ahead and pause it here and come back for part two. I was going to split these up, but honestly, I want all these tips in one place for you. So we're going to keep going. So I hope you're sticking with me. My next tip is for you to take some time, talk with your spouse, your partner, figure out where you want to prioritize your money. Decide what foods, what food types, brands, ingredients, things that you want to prioritize with your money. We can't have it all right now, right? I mean, most of us are feeling this squeeze and we need to be intentional about where we're putting our money. For me and my family, this does not mean you have to do this. It's eggs and dairy and meats, the quality, the where they're coming from, the type, those sorts of things. That's most important to me. So I'm going to let other things fall to the wayside that I would have normally spent more money on or would have been more affordable that no longer are. I'm going to let myself off the hook for that. I'm still going to prioritize things that are important to me. And by the way, it's okay if you do not prioritize those sorts of things in your home. It is no big deal. Maybe for you, you would much rather put your money towards traveling every month than you would towards your grocery budget. And that is a-okay that you and I are completely different on that. I'm a dietitian, so of course it makes sense that I spend majority of our budget, like literally a small mortgage on our grocery budget. Food is really important to me. I'm passionate about it. I love it. I like to cook for my family. Notice how I didn't say love. I like to cook for my family and we like to eat at home. So we prioritize it. But taking some time to really assess what you value, why you value it, and if you have the ability and the affordability to value it in this moment is really important. And just a reminder, if you let something go now, that doesn't mean you can't pick it up later. Okay, I want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's podcast episode, not only for sponsoring, but also for the work that they do. Today's episode is sponsored by Safe Beginnings First Aid and CPR course. Holly from Safe Beginnings believes that being able to confidently react in an emergency is the peace of mind that every family deserves. And I agree. I want you to feel empowered to keep your family safe by taking her online first aid and CPR course, just like I did. I have taken a lot of CPR trainings over the years, and Holly's is by far my favorite. It's clear, concise, easy to follow, and truly puts your mind at ease as a mom. No matter the age or stage of your little one, this course is a must take. A quote I once heard by Max Mayfield has always stuck with me, and I want to share it with you. 
He says preparation through education is less costly than learning through tragedy. And I don't want to be a downer, but this could not be more true when it comes to our kids. It's time to start feeling confident at the table. And I want you to get started today by clicking the link in the description box below and use my code Alyssa20 for 20% off. Trust me, this is a decision you will not regret. All right, now back to the show. Okay, the next tip for you may not be your cup of tea, and that is completely fine, but I want you to try and find one to maybe three things that you can make yourself from scratch at home. Now, in order to do this, you need to also make the time, find the time, swap something out um, of your day-to-day life in order to do this for your family, but choose things that are kind of high in cost right now uh, that you can also easily and kind of like time effective make at home. That would be a really great place to start. So my biggest advice for you on this are things like marinades, dressings, even condiments are really expensive right now. Like mayo, I saw a jar of mayo the other day that was $7.99 and it was just like the pretty standard kind that you know what I'm talking about. It's like white and blue, right? It was like $7.99 for a jar. Like mayo is actually really easy to make at home. So if you use a lot of it, that might be a way better deal. I actually looked back and I I spent on the exact same size jar $1.99 over a year ago. That's a huge jump. Like what, seven times, six times the price. So finding something like that that you can make yourself and mayo takes no time at all, especially if you have an immersion blender, um, like a hand blender or a real blender. It takes no time at all. And um ingredients that you likely already have on hand. So something like that or dressings, find a favorite dressing on Pinterest that you can whip up from whatever you have on hand and just use that one over and over again. Um, If you want to get a little fancier with it, you can do something like baked goods or granola, breads, things like that that are getting up in price as well. I recently made, um, I have a sourdough starter, so I recently made sourdough English muffins and my husband and I tried to calculate it out because a thing of English muffins at the store for six of them were $6, which is insane because I literally have it in my grocery cart for $1.29 a year ago. Um, But I made my own and we figured out that it cost us just over a buck with better ingredients to make, I think it made 10. I mean, that's a huge difference, right? (laughs) Huge. Now, of course, that also is more time. So it's always about trade-offs, right? But if we can just swap out one to three things, it could save us a few bucks here and there, which really does add up. All right, the next tip is to start habit stacking. Find a habit that would help save you money and start stacking it on top of things you're already doing. So one of the habits that I've put into my routine, my nightly routine is as my husband is locking up all of our doors, locking our cars outside, making sure everything's locked up tight for bedtime, turning off the lights, I check the meal planner that I keep on my fridge and I double check that whatever meat I need to pull out of the freezer or anything else, I have pulled out for the next two to three days. When I do that, I also check the fridge for anything that needs to be moved into the freezer that's about to go bad. If I don't use it in the next 24 hours, it's going to go bad. I put it on the counter or I put it into the freezer, whatever I need to do to save that food. So putting things away or pulling things out, making that part of your daily habits. Okay, Let's get into some of maybe the more the more fun ones, I guess, right? And one of those is going to be to visit farmers markets 
or join a local CSA. A lot of times by going directly to the source from your farmer, not only do you get to know some awesome people because I've never met a bad farmer, but you also get to support them directly. Your money goes to them directly. And oftentimes it can save you money as well by going direct to the farmer. So finding a farmer's market um, or joining a CSA to get like a monthly box or weekly box of goodies that are local, which is also incredible, um, can be a really fun way to try new foods, but also support your local economy. Okay. These tips have saved me so much money. I can't even tell you. And the top one is doing grocery pickup or online ordering your groceries. You can see your title at or your total as you go and delete things and really start to make some of those trade-offs when you've gone over budget. This is huge for staying on budget, right? We know that. And so using grocery pickup wasn't my favorite at first. I'll be honest with you. I didn't feel like they picked the best produce. I liked being able to touch things and see things and smell things and check the ingredients and do all these fun things. But I also realized that I would impulse buy or I'd buy more than I needed. And I went up to the cash register and it was 20 or $30 over budget. And I'd go, oh, I'll just take it from next week. I'll just take it from next month. And I never really did. And so I was just going over. So there's a trade-off. Maybe he didn't pick the prettiest apple, but that's okay because I stayed under budget. And that is more important to me right now than the perfect, most prettiest produce. Okay. So that is a great one to save some money. The other one that saved me is to go to one store a week. That is a rule for myself. I rarely, if ever, like unless I'm having a party or there's some sort of reason that I have to go to multiple stores per week, I go to one store and I make do with what we have or what they have. If I like, for example, I prefer Costco's tortillas. They're my favorite tortillas. However, if I'm not going to Costco that week, I buy tortillas from King Supers or whatever grocery store I'm going to that week and I make do. It's not as good, right? I don't like the taste as much, but and in fact, they're actually not as cheap as Costco, the bulk items. But if I were to go to Costco, I know I wouldn't just step in and buy tortillas. Maybe you're more disciplined than me. That's awesome. Do it. Go for it. But for me, making this change, even though I didn't think I had to, has actually saved me so much money. So I go to one store per week and then I make do. If I'm missing something or I forgot something off my list, too bad. We are not running back out until next week. So I find either some sort of acceptable substitution. I borrow it from my neighbor or from my mom, um, or we omit that recipe or that ingredient of the recipe, or we change tactics and we don't make that anymore. We find a new recipe of stuff I already have at home. There are so many things that you can use instead of other products. You can actually just Google this. Like, what do I use for buttermilk? I don't have buttermilk. They'll teach you how to make buttermilk from your regular whole milk that you have in the fridge. Or I'm out of eggs, but I need an egg. I need one egg for this recipe. The internet will teach you that you can use flaxseed for an egg. Um, or if you need, I don't know, ricotta cheese for your lasagna and all you have is cottage cheese, it, it works just the same. Okay. So going to one store a week and then making do with what I have. All right. And this brings me to one of my favorite tips is to have a few staple only recipes on hand that you can always make if you're maybe off script or in a bind. So things that literally take your staples that you have every single week. Now, a lot of times for us, that's like breakfast for dinner or, you know, protein pancakes or um, pasta dishes that don't even have any meat in them, vegetarian options, using sweet potatoes, uh, things that we always have on hand. 
and making an entire meal out of them can be really beneficial to save you some money, A, but also keep you from running and grabbing takeout when you really could put together a meal from only staples that you have in your home. Or if you really need to go grocery shopping, you've used up all your groceries for the week, but it's not quite the time that you usually go to the grocery store, you can squeeze in this meal as well. So having a few of those recipes on hand, super, super important. Okay. There is something called shelf timber that I believe was coined by Jordan Page. Um, If you don't follow her, she's like on Instagram and all the places. And she was the original one to teach me about shelf timber. I I think she coined it. But essentially her idea behind this idea of shelf timber is in the month of September, she challenges her, her listeners or her viewers, followers, whatever you want to call them, to only spend between like $30 and $50 a week on groceries and take the money that you would have spent and put it towards something else like debt or savings account or something like that. And you really challenge yourself to use the groceries that you have on hand that is on your shelf so to speak. So the shelf timber. Now I really liked this challenge. I did it for two years straight with her and I really liked it. It made me get really creative. I had, um, it was really nice because I, like I said, I'm kind of like a stuffer. So I'll put things on the shelf or in the freezer, but I'll never really take it back out. So it reminded me like, Hey, this is a practice I can get into. What I didn't love about it is at the end of September, I felt bear, right? Like I don't have a huge pantry. I really don't have a huge stockpile of food. Um, even though it really did last me, I felt bare. I felt like I needed some really big staples. Like I had to go back to the store and get big things that cost a lot of money, like your cooking oils and butter and flowers and things that I had used up over the month. So I really like this. She has a lot of videos, I think on YouTube on this, if you want to learn more about how to cook in her shelf timber type cooking method, uh, which I think is really a wonderful skill for most people to have or all people to have rather. But what I took away from it is I didn't like doing an entire month of shelf timber. What I do now is I try for once a month to do shelf timber. So one week out of each month, give or take, depending on our lifestyles and what's going on, I try to only spend between 30 and $50 on groceries and pocket the rest towards something else. So whatever that money can go to, whether that's debt or savings, or maybe it's the next week of groceries, whatever it might be. But it really challenges you to eat through the food that you have, get back in that habit of pulling things out and realizing that you can get further on less than you even noticed. And really, if you think about it, if you spend $150 per week on groceries and you do that once a month, that saves you $1,800 a year. That is huge. So that was kind of a fun one um, that I've started to implement. I, again, don't do the entire month anymore. It was just, it was too much on me. It was getting a little stressful. Um, it's a lot of, you know, cooking or baking from scratch or, you know, trying to figure out and be creative. And I honestly only have like max capacity for one new recipe a week. Max, usually it's zero because it takes more time, right? I can whip something up so fast from memory. When I'm trying to follow a new recipe or do something new every day of the week, I get really burnt out. Um, I also found most Octobers, we spent more money on eating out because of that. I was burnt out from cooking and staying at home. Um, So important little note there. Okay. My next tip for you is to buy in bulk. Now, you do not have to be a Costco member to do this or a Sam's Club member. I am, and I find that it's well worth the annual fee, but there is an annual fee to be a Costco member. So make sure you're saving at least that amount. Now, for a long time, I was a Costco member, 
but it was ripping apart. Like I'm talking shredding my grocery budget. And that's because I would go in there without a plan and I would just buy things that I knew were a good deal. But if you buy like 20 things at Costco, you're spending like 600 bucks. Okay. I mean, I don't know if that's real, but close to it. And it can feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't plan for this. I I had no idea this was going to be $400 or $250 or whatever it was when I'm not used to spending that kind of money. So you have to be careful, but if you do it right, if you find the things that your family really does eat, really, really does eat, okay, that is key with buying in bulk. They'll actually eat it or you'll do something with it. Uh, Buying in bulk can be really efficient, but also things like instead of doing individual packaging of yogurts, you can buy the bigger container of yogurt and then delve it out for the week or delve it out for into like your own reusable squeezy pouches. I have a reel coming on this soon. And so finding ways to limit packaged, individually packaged foods by buying things in bulk and packaging them yourself or (laughs) delving them out into bowls or cups or things like that can save you a ton of money. For example, our individual yogurt cups that we like to buy are between like on sale 150, um, but usually closer to $2. Whereas I can buy the same amount of yogurt for almost a third less. So that really does add up. So buying foods in bulk and, um, and eating through them that way can really make uh, some of our money back that way as well. Okay, this is kind of a fun tip. You can learn how to grow some of your own food. Okay, now don't roll your eyes at me. I know this feels really overwhelming, but I got a ton of you actually DMing me saying that you just potted a few plants. Like zucchini is a great one that grows really easily. I have a brown thumb, you guys, like a legit brown, if not black thumb. My husband actually is pretty good. But if you have, you don't even need the full garden. We're talking like a potted plant or two or three, or they sell like bagged plants that you can buy online that you just keep them in a bag um, and growing some of your own food. Now, this doesn't like change the world for most people, but it does take the edge off. Even things like for me, herbs always go bad. So it makes sense for me to grow my own herbs because when I need them, I need them and I don't always put them on my list. And when I do, they come in such huge quantities that I can't eat through them enough to make it worth it. And I end up throwing away an entire bunch of cilantro. Now, when I can just grow my own cilantro, I can just snip off what I need and the rest keeps growing. I don't really lose it. Um, You can also with herbs, just a little side note, (laughs) you can actually freeze them in oil or water and add them to things like soups and things like that. So they don't actually have to go in the trash, but just grow your own. Okay. (laughs) Now, obviously this isn't accessible to everybody. I am um, excited. I've uh, recently partnered with a brand called Garden, which is like an at-home indoor growing system like hydroponics. And I freaking love it. This is not part of the ad, but I love them, but I also love it in our home. Um, And we've been really enjoying it. We haven't harvested anything yet, but watching them grow, it's a hundred percent done on its own. And I can just like sit back and toddle on my app to figure out what it needs, like more light or more water. And eventually we're going to have produce from it is huge. So I'm super excited about that. Um, And again, not part of the ad, but I'm really excited to partner with them. But things like that can be really effective. Okay. And I know growing your own food is like not even remotely on any of your radars. So another tip that I have for you is make friends with someone who grows their own food. You can find these people on Nextdoor, on uh, Nextdoor. I don't know if everyone has Nextdoor. I think so. It's like a neighborhood app. Um, On Facebook Marketplace, you can find people who are like, hey, I have extra zucchini. If anyone wants it, I'll leave it on my front porch, whatever that might be. Um, But you can make friends with these people. And maybe there's something that you do provide or you do know how to do that you can swap them for um, or something like that. So that's always kind of fun. Make friends with a farmer 
farmer, get chatty with your local farmer at your farmer's market. Um, and you'll be surprised at how many different things you might get. Um, you know, offering something as a swap is a great way to, to not feel like you're just taking, but also you're able to, um, provide them with something as well. Okay. So we are winding down on these tips. I just have a few more for you. And then I'm going to share my favorite tips that came in from you guys. Uh, so one of the other ones that I want to talk about, I don't know if this is so much a tip, um, yeah, I guess it is. I, I guess it is a tip. Essentially, I want you to consistently see what's happening in your real life and causing you to go over budget over and over and over and over again. If you notice that this is a continual thing, that you're having a hard time to stick to where you're at on your budget, ask yourself, okay, what's causing this? Is it that you're going to the store too often throughout the week? Is it that you're not meal planning? What's the barrier keeping you stuck going above your budget? I want to give you a really clear example because for me, I realized that this was happening every month. And so this is where I got stuck the longest with sticking to our own budget. I was taking my monthly budget and dividing it equally amongst the weeks of that month. And so then, which by the way, I do recommend doing a weekly budget instead of a monthly budget because by the end of the month, you are going to be scarce on that money. But what I would do is hypothetically, let's say it was, you know, for easy math sake, let's say $800 a month, and there was four Sundays in that month, I I always grocery shop and order my groceries on Sundays and pick them up on Mondays. So I count those Sundays as when I'm spending that money. So if there's four Sundays, essentially four weeks in the month, I would split my $800 and say, okay, I have $200 a week, right? Like that sounds doable. But what ended up happening for me is that's not how I actually shopped. What I actually did was I would spend maybe two or three of the weeks very consistently one week would typically be a little bit less, like I told you, either that like shelf timber kind of week, but also I would just have kind of a plethora or leftovers from the week before because I buy food that goes bad at different lengths. And so I wouldn't need to spend as much. And then I would have a week that I would just like blow out the budget. This is usually my Costco week, but I would buy things like, you know, I need more shampoo and I need more uh, contact solution and we need toilet paper and paper towels or, you know, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden I was spending like, two or $300 uh, or $400 at Costco and going way over my expected weekly budget, if you will. So when my husband and I would sit down and work through our budget, I just realized that I wasn't spending money as consistently on paper as I was dividing it up. So instead of a weekly budget of exactly the same, now I do a week, like three weeks of the budget the same. And then one week I get more. And this is like my bulk shopping this is maybe where I do more consumable type things, not necessarily food, but things like contact solution that we need that goes under our grocery budget. And that has helped immensely. So that's me looking at what's actually happening in real life and seeing a barrier of, oh, well, I think I have you know $175 each week, but because I go over budget on that fourth week of every month, I really need to reallocate and readjust my budget to reflect how I actually shop in real life. And so doing things like that can really save you money long term as well. So finding what's actually happening, taking inventory of what's going on, where your barriers lie and where you find yourself consistently going over budget can be huge. Over 75% of moms who follow me over on Instagram report that they struggle to offer a variety to their picky eaters. Yet we know that offering a variety of foods is not only important for combating picky eating, but also vital for their overall health. 
Revamp My Rebuild and Expand Variety Meal Plan is designed to increase variety and exposures to new foods while decreasing your stress. This meal plan takes family staples and builds on them week by week to drastically increase the variety your little one is exposed to in just one month. What that means for you is you can have peace of mind knowing that you're serving them a variety of food while taking the guesswork out of it. Revamp uses methods I teach inside Table Talk like bridging and food chaining. And no, you don't have to understand these techniques completely because the system does it for you. It's a 70-page system with over 100 total recipes for breakfast, lunch, snacks, and dinner, plus my top tricks, favorite gear, and other fun surprises along the way. You can follow the rotation day by day for 30 days, or you can pick and choose your favorites to filter in on your own time. So if you're stuck in a rut with meals and want to try something new while also helping your picky eater eat a bigger variety, this system is for you. You can click the link in the description box below to grab your copy today. All right, now back to the show. Okay, this tip is only for people who truly have their debt under control. If you do not have your debt under control, do not, under any circumstances, do this hack. It will not save you money. It will cost you money. But if you can, and if you have your debt paid down, you can use a credit card and put all of your groceries on a credit card and then pay it off. That's the key. Pay it off every week or every month and get those points. You can get points. You can get cash back whatever type, hopefully you have a great credit card out there, but using those rewards of your credit card can actually make you money back. But again, this is only if you have your debt paid off. If you feel in a really good place with paying that credit card and you are well controlled with your budget. If you're not yet, put this on the back burner until you feel better about it. But that has been huge for us. Our credit card, Chase Sapphire, I think it is, um, gets us three or four times points when we do grocery pickup. So this has been like a win-win-win, win-win-win solution for us. So that can be a great tip um, to make a little money back. But if you're not there with credit yet, do not beat yourself up. Do not worry about it. You will get there. It's one step at a time, but do not implement this hack because it will cost you way more money than it saves, okay? But along those same lines, if you want similar kind of perks is join the loyalty programs at your different grocery stores. Make sure that you've downloaded their app. Take advantage of the coupons that they send you, the notifications, the emails, the sales, things like that. And pay attention to timing. For being a loyalty customer at my local King Supers, I get like a $5 off coupon every Friday or something if I do grocery pickup on a Friday, probably because they're trying to like clear inventory out on Friday grocery pickup um, for new inventory that's coming up over the weekend. But when I do that, I go, okay, I'm going to do grocery pickup on a Friday because I get this deal and I'm just not going to order produce because their produce is probably like picked over. So I order everything else that I know is still good. Okay. Um, I also, with grocery pickup, utilize those like notes section (laughs) to be like, hey, pull the milk from the back or please have an expiration date later than this or whatever I specifically want, like bananas, green, but not too green. No brown speckles, please. Like I use that notes area like a lifeline. Okay. Um, and so that's a good one is to pay attention to what those timings are, or we get like fuel points for every dollar we spend at King Supers, we get points towards fuel and forever, for every hundred points we have, it gets us 10 cents off gas, which gas is like a whole nother conversation around inflation. Hello. But the other day I filled up my gas tank for 50 cents off because I had 500 fuel points saved up. And if I pick up on Fridays, I get four times fuel points. 
This seems like a lot to keep track of, okay? We're at the end here. You're probably like brain is spinning, but this is something that I've slowly added on or realized that can help you save a little bit of money as well. Okay, and the last one I'm really gonna leave you with here is to check what social programs you may qualify for in your area. Check with your county. Um, Your local library has a ton of information as well on this, typically, and check with your area. Things like food banks, SNAP, WIC, school lunch or school breakfast, things that you may qualify for that you didn't previously. Um, Maybe things have changed for you or maybe your programs have changed. So make sure to check in with those and utilize those programs that you can take advantage of getting some um, money towards food or food delivered or um, food at a discount. Any sort of things to help you um, is really important to take advantage of if you can. Okay. All right. I said I was done with tips, but I actually have one more for you. And that is to watch my stories. On Instagram, on my stories, I do stories only giveaways for people who are there all the time. Randomly with no warning, I will do a grocery inflation or rather grocery gift card to beat inflation giveaway. And typically I pick a couple of winners to get a grocery gift card sent directly to them for just being there watching my stories. And typically like how to enter is just to like all my posts from that month or from that week or whatever that looks like, and then slide a bar on my stories and you get entered to win. And I've been doing that pretty consistently now. So if you are not watching my Instagram stories, make sure to do that. Um, A great little way to help combat inflation. Okay, so now on to some of my favorite tips that were sent in from you guys. Okay, this one is hilarious. I love it. Go alone and don't go hungry. Kids and spouses make me spend more. I get so many of these. And this really surprised me because I spend way more at the grocery store than my husband would. Like he would stick to the list. He's like head down, just get what we need and get out. I'm like, ooh, look at this new nut butter and look at this new product, yada, yada. But together, I don't think we would do well. So usually we only go one at a time um, anyways, just because it's easier with kids. But I love that. And especially like with kids, it's fun to bring them and let them pick out something. But sometimes they do make you spend more because they're all excited to try a cucumber. And you're like, oh, I'm going to buy cucumbers this week. And now they're really excited to try this new product, you know, in this aisle and you buy that one too. And I totally see that. And also don't go hungry. Um, Amen. Okay. (laughs) So this person said, look for clearance items, especially meat and make sure to freeze it right when you get home and process it. Um, So that's such a great tip looking for those clearance tips. Again, knowing your prices and knowing when something's on clearance truly (laughs) and when something is being marketed as being on clearance, but it's not is also key. Buy store brand. Such a great tip. I should have totally had this in here, but um, I'll give the credit to you guys because so many of you wrote this in. Uh, Nine times out of 10, the store brand is the exact same product as the brand name. I don't know how much I can divulge about this information, but I know for a fact, a lot of the main like brands that you would know and recognize are selling their product like to the grocery store to white label it. Um, change the label and sell it at like a cheaper price. So buy the store brand for sure. I love this. Challenge yourself or your spouse, your friend or your mom to see how many meals you can make just from your pantry, freezer and fridge without going grocery shopping. See how long you can go without the grocery store, going to the grocery store. I love this. I just picture this like fun group text being like, day 17, haven't gone to the grocery store. How you ladies doing? Like I just totally see a fun like friend group or mother-daughter situation of doing this competition. I'm so competitive that I love this. <laughs> I like that idea. Um, someone said shop at Aldi or your do- discount grocery stores and no shame. Heck yeah, no shame. I have guys, Aldi has a place on their website that you can go in and request them to come to your area. And I go in like 
multiple times a month and tell them to come to my town. I'm like, hey, come here. Hey, have you thought of coming here? Hey, just your weekly reminder to come here. I freaking love Aldi and we don't have one nearby and I'm really bummed about it. Um, someone said, skip the organic foods. Yeah, absolutely. And you can go back and listen to my organic episode where I talk a little bit more about this. Um, but this is what we talked about, finding what values you have, what's important to you, what it, what's prioritizing. And also realizing when, yes, this is a, prioritize, a priority to me, but my family is also a priority. You know, just getting food on the table is a priority. Realizing that you might need to set something down and pick it up later is a priority. So something like organic foods um, could be that for you. Of course, it doesn't have to be. Um, someone said use services like Imperfect Foods. I love this idea. So Imperfect Foods, I think there's another one too. I forget what it's called. But essentially they ship you like a box of like food that doesn't look pretty, but is totally fine to eat. <laughs> so it's like the apple with, you know, that came out all bumpy and kind of funny looking or um I don't even know. Like I can't, I can't even tell you like specific examples, but just like funny looking potatoes and they'll send you produce that wasn't deemed good enough to be in the store, but it's still perfectly good food. Such a great way to use those foods. You can always like put them in smoothies and cut them up. And if it doesn't bother you, 100% do that. If it does bother you, maybe, maybe we can take another look at why that bothers you and try to learn to get over it. Right. Um, learn how to like leftovers 100% kind of goes along with the same thing like teach your kids how to like leftovers like leftovers yourself suck it up right someone said I love that um there's also ways to make leftovers delicious like almost any leftover that needs to be heated up we put in the air fryer 10 out of 10 recommend 10 out of 10 recommend so much better than a freaking microwave even on the stovetop it takes forever to heat up or even in the oven the air fryer works like a freaking charm. I have one on my Amazon shop and it is amazing. I have the Ninja, but the Corsi is the one I actually technically recommend. And so many of you have actually bought it off my recommendation and rave about it. It has five stars on Amazon people. That's crazy. Okay. And like thousands of reviews. Okay. Buy more frozen foods. Yeah. Frozen is wonderful, especially for produce or well, really anything with produce. They harvest it at its peak freshness and freeze it immediately. So you're actually getting a lot more nutrition in some cases when you use frozen foods and they're often cheaper. But again, do that calculation people because sometimes if that food is currently in season, it's cheaper fresh. Um, but I love that tip. Don't let food go to waste. Yes, we talked about this. I love that rotisserie chicken from Costco. There was actually, my husband told me an article done on the fact that Costco hasn't raised their prices on their rotisserie chicken. It's $4.99 for an entire, like kind of large rotisserie chicken. So I get that almost every time I go. Unfortunately, they were sold out last time I went and I was super bummed. Um, such a great option. And then I was talking to my friend about it and I said, oh, I used to kind of like cut up the rotisserie chicken and use kind of like the majority of the meat, but not all of it. And now I've gotten like really good at taking apart and using every single ounce of meat on that chicken or whatever. And then my, oh gosh, sorry if you're vegan and listening to this, but anyways. Um, and my friend was like, oh yeah, I do that. And now I use the carcass. I boil it and make my own bone broth. I'm like, girl, I need to be doing that. Why am I not doing that? <laughs> so I'll be doing that next time. And maybe even like, cause usually I take the skin off, like crisping up that chicken skin and putting it on top of soups or things like that. Like using every little part is so huge. So use that rotisserie chicken from Costco. Okay. Use less meat or no meat than what the recipe calls for. So yes, you can thin out or stretch your food, your meat. Um, a lot of times like for tacos, instead of just doing like ground beef tacos or ground turkey tacos, we'll mix turkey with 
refried beans to make it go further or black beans to stretch it, but still add and have protein in there. Um, you can also do that by cutting down. You know, we had a pasta dish tonight, masticcioli, and I actually told my husband, I said, oh, you know, this felt like a lot of meat in here. I feel like I could have gotten away with only using half of it. You know, there's still plenty of protein, but my portion had a ton of meat. So I felt like I probably could have used less and then used the other half of that meat for a different dish. Now, obviously, it's still the same amount in a week, um, but can be a little bit helpful on the budget as well to do that. And then, of course, meatless meals. Meat is one of the highest price items on the market right now. uh, So you can try that as well. Okay, someone said stop buying pre-made or cut veggies um, or even pre-seasoned meats. Make your own at home 100%. If you buy like the pre-cut beautiful carrots, it's going to be more expensive than buying your big carrots and cutting them yourself. Um, And the last one is dollar store for snacks. This is a great one. Um, Not all snacks are a better discount, but I have noticed several are. So things like, I think like freeze dried fruit was a better deal there, but like individually packaged foods, sometimes I'll grab some of those for snack, like snacks to have in the car or on hand in the diaper bag, things like that. Um, And they're actually a better price. So just price compare, right? Be aware of what you're spending um, and check out the Dollar Tree for, or Dollar Store for some of those snacks. Okay, you guys, uh, this was a freaking marathon, but I think we covered like all of it. Okay. If I'm missing anything, I don't know, I'll put an addendum in the description box below or anything that comes in, but I think we covered it all. And I hope this really helped you. I hope this saved you money on your groceries. I hope you glean just a few tips or tricks. I hope you didn't get too overwhelmed and decided to call it quits. Um, and I hope you take this in bite-sized pieces uh, because truly trying to do this all at once is, this is like 10 years of my life, right? <laughs> of adding up these little tips and tricks. Um, several of them, I would say maybe over half are ones that I got really serious about over the past six months. And it took me three to four months to really start nailing my budget. So, um, and we're still not perfect for sure. Things happen. Um, but I hope this was helpful for you and I hope to see you next week for uh, another episode. And I promise maybe slightly promise that it will be shorter. (laughs) I try to keep these episodes mom friendly, 15 minutes or less. You can listen, get in, get your tips and get out. But today's episode just felt like it needed it, you know? So thanks for sticking it out with me. I appreciate you and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at Alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.